1 Peter chapter number 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. All right, church family, are you ready? Everybody alive today? All right. Ah, so far, amen. We're going to work it out. Hopefully you'll be recharged before you leave this place today in Jesus' name. All right, let's read 1 Peter chapter number 5, verses 1 through 4. To the elders among you, I appear as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Watch over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders, all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's pray, and then we're going to check out this video clip. Father, we thank you for the word of God today, Lord. Father, I pray, um, as my brother Mike was praying, Lord, that you would restore joy today, Lord. May you encourage today. Lord, may you heal today. Lord, may you speak a word to us, Lord, that we would know that we are here upon this earth to be an example for you, Lord. We thank you for the word. Thank you for those who hear the word. And as we pray, Lord, may you allow this scripture and these words spoken to bear some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold today in your house. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? amen? All right, so focus your attention to the screen for just a moment. Check this thing out. It's not even funny, dude. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a lost Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> What, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. <laughs> That's it, Brock. That's it. 
out of the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad at strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You have your back. Your back. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your back. Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach? Can I count on you? Yes. Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I want a 160.
Ooh, man, that was a powerful clip right there, ma'am. I had a coach like that once. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. Um, have you ever asked the Lord to get you out of something? Like, Lord, I'm going through it, and I need you to get me out of it. Because the more that I speak to people on the phone or in email or somebody on Facebook Messenger or somebody DMs me in the middle of the night, the more and more, the more that I speak to folks, they're like, Pastor, listen, I'm going through something. I need you to pray for me. And it's not just people in this church. It's friends that I have in other states and friends that I have even in other parts of, of the world in different countries that they're saying, man, I'm going through some of the most challenging seasons of my life. And I, man, I need you to pray for me. I'm going through it. And whether it's some, something going on in, in your marriage, maybe there's a challenge in your marriage, or maybe there is a, a challenge with your children, that you're going through a difficult season with your kids, or maybe it's a battle for your health, and you find yourself physically battling for your health, or possibly even battling for your mental health. Or if it's not you, maybe it's somebody that you know or somebody that you care about, a family friend or a loved one, who they're going through it. And though everything might be fine in your life, you find yourself trying to help them because you care for them. And now you're carrying some of their burden, and now you find yourself going through it. And if it's not them, then maybe it's the economy. And, and gas prices are going up, and, and now housing is going up, and now even food prices are going up. We, we just had a conversation with a friend of ours who just had preemies, and they were twins, and there's a certain kind of formula that they need to have for the development of their children, but she can't find it anywhere. She lives in Wake Forest and couldn't find it in Wake Forest, can't find it in the state of North Carolina for this formula, and Katie posted it, and a friend of ours in Virginia said, there's one left in the store down the road for me. I'm gonna buy it and mailed it to us. That's awesome. Listen, side note, when we're going through a challenging time, we check in with one another, right? That's the glue that holds the church together. We help one another. How'd they get through it in the book of Acts? Chapter number two and verse 45, they sold possessions and they helped each other. That's how they got through it, right? So just to say that, that formula itself for one of them was $60 for some formula. Hashtag, I'm going through it, right? Uh, one of the questions that comes to mind during difficult seasons that we often ask is, Am I going to make it through it? And when we think that we might not make it through it, then we go to God and we're like, well, Lord, if I'm not going to get through it, well, then I need you to get me out of this, right? Because I'm going through it. And when we're going through it, our common response is, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe, um, Maybe this is my fault. Maybe, maybe I did this to myself, or, or maybe God is displeased with me, or maybe God is upset with me, and that's why I'm in this situation. So let me give you my first point. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to take notes today, man. Pull out a pen, pull out a phone, pull out a tablet, do something. Scratch it on your, on your hand, in the palm, anything. Write it down. Number one, discomfort 
does not always mean disapproval. Discomfort does not always mean disapproval. Because sometimes it's like, man, maybe I jacked something up, and the reason why I'm going through this is because I did X. And what happens is discouragement can begin to set in, and we're like, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe going to church isn't worth it. I mean, I've been going to church, I've been tithing, I've been serving, I've been doing everything I possibly could, but it just does not seem to be working. I might as well go ahead and quit. Has anybody ever felt like quitting before? <laughs> People's hands went up like this. That was the max. <laughs> Nobody's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. It's the, right in here. That's the safe spot right there. Can, can I offer you perhaps another possible explanation this morning on why you're going through it. Because when you're doing God's work, <laughs> you didn't hear that. I'm saying when you're doing God's work, the enemy doesn't like that stuff. When you're trying to go after God, he does everything he possibly can to discourage you. And, and all of a sudden, now the car just broke down out of nowhere. You just got a tune-up. Now all of a sudden, now the washing machine just went out and we just bought this thing. You just went through your Dave Ramsey course and now your finances are set and now all of a sudden expenses have risen and busted your budget. You just got the medication under control and now it just went up 20% and now here you find yourself going through it. But discomfort doesn't always mean disapproval. And when I was young, I used to panic when things like this happen. But after you've been walking with the Lord for a little while, <laughs> you begin to recognize some of the strategies of the enemy in your life. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm not going, I went through this before. This is not gonna discourage me now. I whipped this back then, God brought me through it back then, and I'm gonna get through it now, and we're gonna whip this devil again this time. Because when you've been walking with God for a little while, you're able to recognize some of the strategies of the enemy. If you don't know who the enemy is, go to generationlifechurch.com. And on there are some podcasts that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Go check those out. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. He, he comes against us. He's trying to take us out, but God is able to bring us through. Discomfort doesn't always mean disapproval. There's a really interesting passage of scripture in the book of John, chapter number 9 verses one through three. And in that text, Jesus and his disciples walk up on a guy who had been born blind from birth. This man has been blind his whole life. And when his disciples saw that, they immediately said to Jesus, Master, who sinned? Was it this man or his parents? And Jesus had a very interesting response. He said, neither, but that the works of God might be displayed in him, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. This man is an example, which is interesting because that would say, cause me to say, do you mean to tell me that God can cause what I'm going through to be used as an example to preach the gospel to others? Have you ever thought about that? Because what I found is sometimes God doesn't get you out of the situation. Sometimes God brings you through the situation. 
Sometimes God brings us through the struggle. He brings us through the challenge. He brings us through the trial. If I might borrow from the book of Daniel for just a moment. When Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, God didn't pull Daniel out of the lion's den, but God allowed Daniel to go through the lion's den experience. And so he was able to see the power of God as he went through that experience. In fact, Daniel's three friends, when they got thrown in the burning, fiery furnace, God did not pull the boys out of the furnace, but he actually brought them through the furnace of affliction. In fact, the king who threw him in there said, didn't we throw three men in that fire? Why does it look like there's four people in there and the fourth one has a resemblance of the son of man? to show you that sometimes God doesn't pull you out of it, but if he has to, he will go through it, and if need be, he will step down into the fire and walk with you through the flames. So the question then becomes, what do I do when I'm going through it? (laughs) What I love about the Bible is, The Bible, the acronym that has been given to the Bible is the B-I-B-L-E, the basic instruction before leaving earth. And within that book of instruction for life, it leaves a detailed account of God's grace and love for imperfect people. And we benefit from being able to be on this side of the book to see how God brought people through what would have been perceived as impossible, impossible circumstances, impossible challenges, impossible struggles. God brought people through slavery and through persecution and through a crisis, and we benefit from God leaving behind a raw, unedited, uncut, unfiltered compilation of impossible odds to overcome, yet God brought them through it. And if God can bring them through it, that means he can bring us through it too. And their pain serves as an example that if God can get them through impossible situations, he can also get me through impossible situations. Now watch this. So that every generation who serves God will find themselves called to be an example to get you through it to encourage the next generation to come. So what do we do when we're going through it? Let me give you this second point. Number two, determine in your heart, I'm going to keep on going. Determine in your heart to keep on going, no matter what. Sometimes your offense is your defense. You keep right on going. <laughs> I, remember, um, I, I remember seeing a, a T.D. Jakes video once, and uh, he was talking about a similar situation that I found myself going through about three weeks later. We were, uh, we were at our church in, Ro- <clears throat> excuse me, in Rochester, and, um, and when we were in the parking lot, we were in the city, and people walk by all the time. And one time we were handing out food and we had a food distribution. And uh, one guy was upset for whatever reason. He, he didn't appreciate the food that he had received in the line. And so he just was out there just, just kind of selling us out. He's just out there, man, this church doesn't care about anybody. They're not really trying to help people. All they want to do is give you a little bag of food and a crackhead soup. 
That's what the man said. It's like the Raymond noodles in the cup, you know, and they, they anyway, that's what they call them. And so uh, a crackhead soup. And so I was like, uh, well, man, wh- what was our response? Well, we just kept on going, right? Not long after that, that same gentleman's brother said to us, man, these guys right here, man, they are the truth. Man, these guys are such a blessing in our lives. They love this community. These guys are the real deal. What do we do? (laughs) Kept on going. (laughs) We just kept on doing ministry, kept on going, kept on loving the community. Keep on going. Have you ever heard the saying, there's uh, light on the other side of the tunnel? Like, what if we could change our entire concept of what it means to go through it. Because I don't know about you, but when I signed up to walk with Jesus, it was like, man, I saw the light and, and, and I came to Christ. Who sang that old song? Blinded by the light. Any classic rockers in there? Yeah, there's a couple of them. They're like, hey, I may have brought you back into something. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. Right? But, but you, you, who? Man for man. All right, I'll take it. So, so. I wanted to duck out of the way of that, but have you ever gone through, you're like, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm with you, and I'm willing to serve you, and Lord, here I am, send me, use me, and the Lord's like, okay, awesome, uh, follow me. And you're like, well, hold on a minute, like, like through here? Like, yeah, just, just follow me. It's like, well, uh, okay, I guess I'll, I'll follow you, Lord, like, you know, I mean, this is not exactly what I had in mind, and... and Lord, are you sure you're calling me into this place, Lord? Are you sure you're calling me here? I mean, it's dark in here. Like, you know, I can't really see where I'm going. And I know your scripture says that people perish for a lack of vision. And and people are telling me to turn back. and, And I probably should turn back. But no, 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 no. This is the strangest thing. Because I know that God has called me to this. But now I wonder if God actually sees me in here. Lord, do you see what I'm going through? Well, if, if, if God called me to this, well then, why does it seem like it's so difficult to get through this? Have you ever been in a situation like this in life where you just feel like there's no way out? Like there's no way that I can make it through it to the other side. Well, I might as well share a story with you since I'm in here, right? You know? You're out there, and we're just kind of chilling, right? Everybody all right? Uh, I remember my, when we used to travel when I was young, and, and my mother used to love to ride from, from New York to Miami in what was perceived as probably the smallest car possible. And we used to drive through storms, and once we would hit the south, we weren't used to those storms as New Yorkers. And we didn't know what to do. It would rain so hard that we would pull over, literally, and we would wait for the storm to pound on our car for a good 45 minutes. And as we began to pray, my mother would be praying hard. My grandmother would be praying. We would just be praying, God, save us. Get us through this. And then finally, the storm would pass. And I remember we traveled probably the third trip that we took. And my mother said, you know what? I am so tired of this. I am just, go- I, I, we're going through it. I don't even care. I don't care if we, we're just going to take a shot and we are going to go through it. 
And I can tell you that as we pass through that storm, that there is sunshine of the other side of the rain. Now, whether you're going through it, whether you're at the beginning or whether you're at the middle or whether you're at the end of going through it, hear this today. You are in the will of God. Because sometimes you can go through a struggle and still be in the will of God. And in the same way God is using this little box that my, my man Justin put together for me. Put your hands together for Justin Corwin, everybody. In the same way God used this little illustration to speak to you is the same way God is using your experience of what you are going through to speak to others. What you have gone through, what you're going through, and what you will go through. God is using you as an example to preach to others. And Peter and Paul both said, for those leaders who live as examples, there is a crown waiting for you on the other side. That coach right there on Facing the Giants, he said, listen, I want you to go do this bear crawl and I want you to do it blindfolded. And that young man, Brock, said, why? He said, because I don't want you to give up at a certain point when you could go further. Sometimes you just got to keep on going. Number three, distinguish between which voice is divine and which voice is discouragement. I'm coming up out of this thing. The Lord brought me through the other side. I feel like I've been bear crawling. My knees hurt. But God brought me through it. Amen. A little six foot. Distinguish between which voice is divine and which voice is discouragement. You know what? what? What if we could change the perspective on this thing? What if, what if we could flip it and say, instead of me wondering, can God make it, can I make it through it? What if we could say, you know what? I've seen all of the accounts in the scriptures of how God brought his people through it. What if I could have the peace that surpasses all understanding when going through some of these challenging times? What if, what if the Lord could impart something to us that even though I know I'm about to go through something, the joy of the Lord could still be my strength? I can still enjoy life, and somehow God is going to get the victory out of this moment because it's a trick of the enemy to try to keep us so bound with fear of what might be that we fail to enjoy the moment that we're in. Distinguish between which voice is divine and which voice is discouragement. Because when you're going through it, <laughs> the only voice that you really need to hear is God's voice. Mm -hmm. You want to listen for his voice. You want to listen for his voice, yes, but we want to know God's word. If we want to know God's counsel... It's to know God's word because I found that the Holy Spirit, he doesn't holler as loud as this coach. The Holy Spirit has a still, small voice that can be missed oftentimes. Uh, I remember at Elam Bible College, my instructor, his name was Brother Fount Schultz. He's, he's, I mean, he's, so, he's a professor, 
Um, and I remember we were studying in Old Testament, and we were in the book of Kings, and I believe it was the book of Kings, and we were talking about Elijah and how uh, Elijah was told to, to go up into a cliff and, and a, a storm passed by and an earthquake, and God wasn't in any of those things. And then he said, but the voice of the Lord came to Elijah in a still, small voice. After all that loud stuff passed by, it was a still, small voice. And Brother Fount said, that voice in the Hebrew is actually translated as silence. That sometimes God speaks to you in the silence of things. I've heard it said, well, God's always speaking. You just need to listen. I don't know about that. Sometimes I think God could be the most quietest person you've ever heard or did not hear in your whole life. Brother Fount's my same guy who, uh, who taught us that little song, Whose side are you leaning on? Leaning on the Lord's side. I almost there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, all right, one more time. Whose side are you leaning on? Leaning on the Lord's side. Whose side are you leaning on? Leaning on the Lord's side. Oh, 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 you guys ready? Okay. I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean. I'm leaning on the Lord's side. I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean. I'm leaning on the Lord's side. Hey, there you guys are. I need to teach you some more of those. <laughs> Write this down. Sometimes truth can appear as discouragement. Sometimes truth can appear as discouragement. <laughs> truth challenges. Truth, truth reveals and, and it exposes the true state of being. And, and that's why I say, if you can find somebody that'll tell you the real truth, you have a true friend. I'm talking real truth, not, not Twitter truth, like real truth. Like if you can find somebody who can tell you the truth, you have a real friend. Because without truth, you've just got Facebook friends and, and they don't go very deep. Uh, <clears throat> embrace truth. In that clip of Facing the Giants, that young man would have never crossed that goal line if he did not allow truth to challenge him. The reality is he, was al he always had it in him the entire time, but he believed a lie that he could only make it to the 50. But it took the Holy Spirit, oh, excuse me, it took the coach, <laughs> which can also sometimes be the Holy Spirit in our lives to tell us the truth so that he can challenge us with truth and draw it out of us. Jesus said in John 8 and 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So once truth is embraced, there is freedom and there is liberty. Because the opposite of truth is what? It's a lie. And the enemy will try to tell you, well, listen, God can't get you through this. God can't provide for you in this. God's not going to forgive you again. And we want to fight back with truth. Isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus fought back with truth. God can't get you out of this. Well, Hebrews 13 and 5 says God himself said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
If the enemy says God's not going to provide for you, well, Matthew 7 and 11 says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? If the enemy says, oh, he won't forgive you again, you think God's going to forgive you again? Let the enemy know, Matthew 18, 21 through 22, Jesus said, when Peter came to him, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times, Lord? He said, no, I say up to you 70 times, seven times. Fight back with truth. Distinguish between which voice is divine and which voice is discouragement. Which leads me to my fourth point. Number four, sometimes God brings you through it so that you can be example, an example of life and hope for others. Sometimes God brings you through it so that you can be an example of life and hope for others. All right, now I want you guys to to lean in for a moment. It's a sensitive subject because pain hurts. But what if your pain could bring hope to others? What if if your pain could bring healing to others? What if the pain that you have experienced could bring life to others? Not that God creates the pain, but that God takes that pain and he can use that pain to bring healing to others. So that when your experience is shared, it causes someone who is hurting to say, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that, that I can go through what I went through and make it? You mean to tell me that you went through what you went through and God brought you through that? You mean to tell me that God can make a way? You mean to tell me that I can recover from this? You mean to tell me that what you've gone through, it shows me that I don't have to take my own life, like I don't have to accept this? You mean to tell me that God can heal me? You mean to tell me that God can bless me? You're saying after all that I've been through, you're saying that because of what you've been through and God brought you through it, you're saying that God can still prosper me and he can still forgive me and he can still restore me and that I could be the head and not the tail? and above and not beneath, and I could be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I could be blessed in my uprising and blessed in my downsetting. I could be blessed in my coming in and blessed in my going out. Oh, you mean to tell me that I can be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus which strengthens me? You're telling me that greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world? Are you trying to say I can do all things through Christ Jesus which strengthens me? Are you letting me know that no weapon formed against me will be able to prosper? And any tongue that rises up against me, God will condemn. I know it doesn't heal the pain, but you are an example of life and hope for others. It's essentially what these crowns represent that we've been studying. These crowns represent, let me give you a 30-second Instagram highlight reel. For the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at these crowns, and it comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 10, where the Apostle Paul says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. 
And we said that the judgment seat is the Bema seat, which is a very, very large slab that would have existed during Paul's day in ancient Rome and ancient Greece, and local officials would stand upon that slab, and they would govern from there, or they would make announcements from there. And Paul is saying that we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not to be judged to see if we're going to get into heaven or we're going to be saved, but when we receive Christ, we're being judged for what we did with the redeemed life from the time we gave our lives to Christ to the time we pass from this life to the next and we stand before him. And the Lord gives us our crowns or our rewards for what we did with this life. So let's take a look at this next crown. And it was found in the book of First Peter, chapter number five, verses one through four. But I actually wanted to look at verse three because we already read that text. Is everybody familiar with that text? We don't need to read it again, do we? Oh, boy. I may have underestimated the uh, <laughs> comprehension this morning. It is uh, early. First uh, Peter 5, verse 1, to the elders among you, <laughs> I appeal as a, as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed, be shepherds of God's flock or leaders of God's flock that is under your care, watching over, over them not because you must but because you're willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. The term that unlocks this passage of scripture is in the word examples. That's in verse three, but being examples to the flock. The term examples actually means, it comes from a Greek word, typos, where we get the word type, like a type of, or a, a model of, or a fashion, or a form, or even, you can say, a statue. But what's interesting is it also means a, a die as struck, a stamp, or a scar. So go back having that in mind. Verse 3, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock, the scar. The pastor or the leader or the elders is an example, is a model. It's not just preaching. <laughs> it's not just shepherding. It's more than that. It's not just abstaining. It's not more than, it's more than I don't drink, I don't chew, and I don't run with those that do. Isn't, isn't that the old saying? <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's living our lives in such a way that when others see it, they have hope. That people can look and say, that's what it looks like to walk with God. And Jesus modeled this for us. He didn't just give us a list of commands. Jesus actually modeled this for us. He came down to earth, and we got to see his scars. He's got the scars to prove what it looks like to walk with God. And so Peter's not saying that the leaders are these supernatural, you know, superstar and all that other superficial stuff. Ideally, Peter's saying is let the shepherds be the example let them be the mold. Let them be the model so that when others see it, they'll be able to discipline their bodies into correct form. And what's so cool about this is Peter immediately then speaks to the younger generation. 
in verse 5. And he says, listen, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. So he speaks to the younger generation and he says, hey, mark those leaders who are authentic. Mark those leaders who are really living it and let your life, let their lives be an example for you to follow, to mold your life into. First Peter 5 and verse 2, to back it up just a hair, just a little bit. <clears throat> I got that saying down south, by the way, to back it up a hair. Moan <clears throat> uh, back, moan back. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. When you have a moment, go to the book of John, chapter number 10, later today. John 10, later today. Read through that entire chapter there, and Jesus is going to describe the characteristics of a true shepherd. Because that's what Peter, of course, is talking about. A characteristic of a true shepherd is a shepherd never wants to see the sheep scatter. A shepherd always wants what's best for their sheep. Never wants to see the sheep scatter. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was not going to share this part, and I think I might just go ahead and share this part real quick. Um, you guys got time? Amen. So, hey, there we go. Now, period, uh, just go ahead and wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> one of the things that the Lord used to confirm. If you're, if you're new to Generation Life Church, maybe you haven't heard this story before, but uh, if, if we've been riding together for a while, you have. Um, <clears throat> but one of the things that the Lord used to confirm for Katie and I to serve um, and for me to serve as lead pastor of Generation Life Church was this congregation, was what Peter calls the flock, which is a gathering of believers. Uh, if you know our story, you know that we came from New Hope Church, and all campuses of New Hope Church came to an end one day, and there were others who said, well, you know, we don't want to go that far to go to church. We want to keep church in our community. Well, this had been the second time that Katie and I had experienced this. We moved from New York to come to North Raleigh to relocate that campus to Wake Forest, Shout out to Big Mike, who's been with me since North Raleigh. And, and I remember when the Hillsborough campus came to a close, I thought, you know what? As we began to pray and, and all that, and, and one of the things that, that God used was, was the congregation, because I said to myself, when the Wake Forest campus closed, it was difficult for people to find a church. You know, it was a 40, it would, the, the hope was everybody would go to the central campus, and there they were about four or five families, but then that kind of faded out. And till this day, that community in Wake Forest, I know, still doesn't have a church. And so when this happened a second time in Hillsborough, one of the things that the Lord used to confirm, I said, you know what? I, I just can't leave these sheep without a shepherd, right? Like, I can't leave the Like, I, I need to make sure that we are with our people. <laughs> and that's how God confirmed, one of the ways God confirmed that this is the place that we needed to be. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 
And I don't say that to discredit anything from New Hope. I just say that because a shepherd doesn't want to see the sheep scatter. Just like you all who are shepherds or teachers or leaders or counselors or coaches, mothers, fathers, big brothers, big sisters. I might as well keep on going. Big, big cousins, right? Who, who else did I leave out? Uh, last week I said big mamas. Uh, you know, like we want to make sure that we always look out for the best interests of our sheep, right, of our flock. And that's what God used in order for me to be able to confirm that this was the place. Sometimes God brings you through it so that you can be an example of life and hope to others. Let me just drop down and close this up and say this. The Lord needs you to live your life as an example for others to follow. The Lord needs you. They live their lives as an example for their sheep. That's the characteristic of a true shepherd and a true leader. Let me give you this last one. Your experience, number five, your experience is someone else's encouragement. (laughs) Your experience is someone else's encouragement. He's preaching through your pain today. He's preaching through your test He's preaching through your struggle. He, he's preaching through your trial. You know, I've heard it said that public speaking is the most feared thing in all of the world next to death. Like, I, Pastor, I'm scared to death to get up there and preach. But you don't realize that your life has been preaching the gospel for a long time. <laughs> Be encouraged this morning. My brother, you have been preaching the gospel. Sister, every time you went through what you went through and you kept on going and following the Lord, you have been preaching the gospel. Every time you could have lost your cool and you could have come in there on Monday morning and went off like you said you were going to do on your way to the job when you came in and bit your tongue and the Holy Spirit counseled you the whole way, you have been preaching the entire time by what you have gone through and kept the faith. And God is using you as an example. Sometimes your greatest testimony is that you keep on going. That coach said, Brock, you're the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. And then he said, can I count on you? And I want to ask Generation Life Church, can the Lord count on you? If you stand to your feet, I want to um, say a few words over you as we ask the team to come on up, our worship team. If I could just have a couple of the, the, the muscle men. Yes. Thank you, Jeremy. Come on up and move this to the side. As our team is setting up, would you, would you do me this? Would you do me this one solid? Would you close your eyes for a moment? Would you close your eyes for a moment as we begin to go before the Lord in worship? And would you close your eyes so that I could just say a few things over you? You can do more than you think you can. You can be more than you think you can be. You are stronger than you think. You're smarter than you think. You're more important than you think. You're more influential than you think. 
you're more effective than you think. And remember this, God is using your life as an example to preach the gospel to others, and you might not even know it. As we go before the Lord, may we go before the Lord in thanksgiving, and may we go before the Lord, and if there is anything that you're going through that you need the Lord's help, I just felt led to encourage you today that the Lord hears you. And that the Lord knows what you're going through. And I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how bad it looks. All I know is that the Lord is going to bring you through it. He brought you through it before, and he's going to bring it through you again. He's going to get you through it. He might not pull you out of it, but he is going to bring you through it. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your ability, Lord, to bring us through it, Lord. Father, some of us are coming in here with heavy hearts today, Lord. Some of us are going through things that we have kept private. We don't even feel like discussing in public. But, Lord, you know. And, Lord, you see. And we call upon you today, Lord, to bring healing to hearts who are hurting. Lord, bring healing to, to things that we have going on in our lives, Lord, and that only God can fix. We call upon you, Lord, the great physician. Lord, we ask for healing. Lord, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus for an extra measure of grace today, Lord, that we might be able to go through whatever it is we have to go through. And Lord, we give you thanks that you will walk through it with us. We love you, Lord. Strengthen us today, Lord. Encourage us, us today, Lord. We ask this now in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Lord, we thank you that our experience, our experience is a blessing in someone else's life. A blessing for the generations to come. That generations can look to us and could see, I can go through with this because... My daddy went through this. I can go through this because my mother went through this. I can go through this because my pastor went through this. My leaders went through this. I can go through this because the Lord is with me. We give you thanks today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship this morning.